All right, welcome to the first episode of the Four Square Pod. I'll be your host of the podcast, Sean Gill. I'm here with a couple other students, uh, Colby Gares, Matthew Fernandez, and Nick LaRue. We're going to be discussing should there be fans at sporting events at this time. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we can talk about the sporting sports that are going on right now and the NBA and the NHL and what they're doing with no fans and the impact of a bubble. What are your guys' thoughts on the bubble and how that's affecting the players at this point? The bubble definitely, you know, affects them mentally, for sure. I mean, you've seen that with Paul George just this past week. He was in a huge slump, and then he starts talking about how he's in a dark place and not seeing his family, not seeing his kid, not seeing his, you know, fiance or wife. It definitely has a negative effect, but this is the only way, personally, that I think it's going to work because the NBA doesn't have as many people as the NFL does or the MLB does. So it's harder for the NFL or the MLB to create a bubble environment when each roster is quadruple the size, well, at least in the NFL, than the NBA, for example. So the NBA has it right. I mean, they don't have any COVID, positive COVID tests in almost a month, but it definitely does have a negative effect on the players for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the, uh, the NBA and the NHL have done a, a very good job in – you know, keep, keeping the bubble intact, not having any positive COVID cases since since play started. Yeah, yeah. The deal, the deal with the the players and their mental health is something that really needs to be at the forefront. And again, I, I hope that the NBA and the NHL are addressing it. But you know, uh, otherwise, I I think it's been a, a huge success. The quality of play has been great. Again, no, no cases. It seems like everything's been running smoothly. Otherwise, they've even been they've even been able to have guys leave to go see the birth of their kids. Like Mike Conley on the Jazz, he left, went to go see his kids, and then you know they have to get tested every single day that they're away from the bubble, and then when they come back, they have to just quarantine for like four days, depending on the situation. It could be ten days, I think, as well. But yeah, I mean, they're really, really doing a great job regulating everything and making sure that these guys are negative before they even come back. And they've, they've kept the integrity of the bubble intact, which is really impressive if you think about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Extremely impressive. Big credit to them and big credit to the uh, players too, for buying into, you know, uh, it can't, it can't be easy because they're under a microscope all the time, but now, especially now, you know, they have all the rules, all the protocols in place. So, so big credit to them for really buying in and, and being, united in, in wanting to play and wanting to be successful in, in these environments to finish out their seasons. Yeah. yeah. And like my perspective on this, like I'm more of a soccer guy here. Like I know like soccer was actually the first sport to actually come back. Like after the breaks in the seasons, like the German Bundesliga was the first to come back and then the English Premier League, the Italy Italian Serie A followed. And I don't believe like many teams actually ended up having like cases through this, they they all all these leagues ended up finishing their seasons without any any issues, and we just saw the Champions European Champions League just finished up this past week. Where and this is where with teams from different countries all competing against each other. So we saw that in in a bubble where it's just players in the stadium being responsible. And like, as a fan, like you see, even on TV, you see the players like on the benches, the fan, like anyone in the background, they all, they're all wearing a mask. Like while they're at these events, even during a pandemic, we're seeing that these games can be still take place responsibly and they things can go to somewhat back to normal while we start to push the threshold to see 
what can the next steps be, whether it's bringing like fans into the stadiums now. So that's. So the soccer league, are there any fans right now? Actually, right now there was slated to be with the MLS starting their return of the season, like the real salt Lake out in Utah, they were actually scheduled to have fans at a game actually Wednesday night there. I believe they were having limited capacity with, they were going to allow 5,000 fans into the stadium but they actually, the game ended up getting boycotted, I believe, as part of the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on right now where all these leagues are postponing because of like some of this police violence that's going on. So the game actually didn't take place, but they did have like rules where the, the game was going to take place with fans. They were going to have like contact tracing where they take all the contact info of the fans attending the game just so they could reach out to the fans if there would be an, an outbreak they'd be able to inform all the fans who they were in contact with at the stadium yeah yeah, yeah just just backtracking a bit um the the mls did in in when they were the first uh, north american sports organization to introduce the bubble um, you know they, they were the first north american organization to come back and and play and although they had, they ran into a little bit of covid problems at the beginning they were able after after that uh, that little mishap, they were able to run smoothly for the rest of their their tournament. So so that's um that's another you know bubble scenario that we have that we didn't uh, touch upon earlier. John, as uh, as someone who works with you know the football team, college athletics, do you think that that's a good step to take, or you know do you think it's maybe a mistake to even introduce fans at this point? Yeah, I would think in general, like the bubble itself is a great idea, like just as we've seen with the NBA, the NHL, the MLS, where these players have been able to stay healthy. But for college football and the minor leagues and whatnot, they really thrive on fans because they need that for revenue to basically be able to stay running. So I think for college football, for a team like Temple University, we live off of that revenue, ticket revenue. That's the only way we make any money, especially considering the rent that Lincoln Financial Field charges us. And I know that's the case for a lot of college football teams where they're always in the negative. So without having fans, you're already losing a portion of that money. It just makes it almost nearly impossible to be able to afford the cost of playing football. So it's that's where it becomes tricky, where it might not make sense to not to play without fans, because I think that's why a lot of the leagues you see the Big Ten and whatnot are backing out because it's just going to lose them a lot of money to play with no fans in general. I don't agree that fans should be allowed in games because Sean Doolittle, pitcher for the Nationals, put it really well a few months back that, uh, you know, sports are a gift for a functioning society. And although uh, I'm not necessarily behind that 100% because, trust me, I love that we have sports, although we're, we're facing this, and I love that the leagues are able to make it work. But I think just mitigating risk against – further infection and more cases. I think whatever whatever our country has to do in order to keep people safe, keep people healthy, and just limit people getting sick and limit people dying. You know, human human lives are, are at risk every time people are going out into crowds. You know, whether, whether it be direct or indirect, it doesn't matter who you are. There is always a, a consequence, always a risk whenever there's a big crowd. And I, I think a sporting event, it, I think a Sporting event with thousands of people is just not something that we have earned or deserve or should have at, at this moment. All right, so playing devil's advocate here a little, like, don't you think if the sporting event could take place like safely, like with 
with the con, like for example, the German Bundesliga, like I mentioned before, like they're actually talking about bringing fans into the stadiums again for their start of the new, new season starting in September. And some of the actions that they're going to like take, they're going to use is the contact tracing. They're not go going to allow fans to even buy a ticket if they don't give all their contact information. And one other step that they're taking is they're, they're not going to allow any fans to drink alcohol at the games. That's, and we all know how popular like beer is like in Germany. So that is a very big step for them. To hop on there, I would definitely agree. I think there are some positive ways to have fans. And uh, there was a report yesterday, I believe, from Albert Breer. Uh, he actually got a look inside Miami's plan, Miami Dolphins for the NFL. Uh, they are planning to have roughly 13,000 people in the stadium. They initially said they were going to have more, but they've obviously come down from that number. And he said, you should see like the things they put into the stadium, the health and safety precautions that they have. Like you have to go through a lot to actually get into these games. The seats are very socially distanced apart. You have to be in the same household to even sit with each other. So there's a lot of measures being taken to make it safe for fans. And I think not only for the NFL, just to get that extra ticket revenue money back but i think for like college football and minor leagues they need fans more than ever so even at a limited capacity like to figure it out and make it safe if if it's possible that's the only way those leagues are going to survive i mean we've seen minor league baseball at this point they've canceled their season because it, they're not going to have enough money to pretty much run it so that's another thing that's going to happen it might end up happening in the minor league hockey and the g league these are leagues that need that ticket revenue to even be able to host these games. So if they're able to have some semblance of fans, I think that's the, the best way to do it. Don't you think that even one death as a result of having sporting events and having, you know, a potential spike as a result of these sporting events, don't you think that that totally, you know, cancels out any financial gain that these leagues get? You know, I understand it, it, it comes down to money in a lot of ways, but, you know, at the end of the day, like Nick said, you know, lives are definitely at stake. You know, maybe the, maybe the mortality rate is low and the likelihood may be, you know, very rare. But at the end of the day, you never know what the, you know, the ripple effect of having these sporting events can cause. And I think that alone, you know, in that risk puts things into perspective a little bit. You know, there's a reason that all these college campuses across the United States are, are doing classes online. You know, if we can't even go to class, you know, everyone – in person going to class as normal and, and kids can't even go to school as normal, you know, how can we justify having a sporting event when at the end of the day, it really is a luxury. And I understand it's a business, but it is a luxury. So let me just get your take on that. You know? Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from and the value of a life is more important than anything. And I think if you're not taking the right safety precautions and someone ends up dying, I think you obviously have to shut down the operation at that point. That's something that could really impact this, but I think if you open it up and you give it a chance and you have all of the right safety precautions in there and the more at-risk populations obviously should not be attending these games in general. If you're immunocompromised in any way or if you have any history or of like illness or even if you're a little bit older in age, I think you should take the time to take care of yourself. Just watch those games on TV. But I think there's a lot of people that still would want to attend these games at this time. And I think that those people should be allowed to have that opportunity. But don't you think you need to protect people from themselves, you know, because there are going to be some people out there, older people that are just so accustomed, you know, these, these sports are a part of their lives and they're going to say, I don't care, you know, and, and we see that every day. A lot of people don't care about this and they don't care to wear a mask. 
So, you know, they're going to go to these sporting events. They're going to sneak in some beers, you know, sneak in some fireball shooters, whatever it has to be. And, you know, germs are going to be spread regardless of the safety precautions that these, these teams put into place. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. There's, there's a lot that has to be taken in. And I think there's just got to be the strictest priorities and restrictions allow, like not allowing things like that to slip through the cracks. And honestly, I think you're right when it comes to it down to it. If, if somebody does end up getting sick or if like cases start breaking out, I think you just have to close it down. But I think for some of these teams to stay alive and keep the money flowing in and to keep the sports going, the only way they're going to be able to do that is to have some semblance of fans. Say this, so the, the evolution of testing for the virus is going to be a huge factor for both how, how, it wor- how it actually works and people's opinions on it. I personally think if you can take a test right before you enter the game and you can get the results right away, okay, I'm good, no virus. Um, I think, I, I think my, myself included, a lot more people would be way more open to having fans at these events rather than how it, how it is right now. Hey, and say so. So we do allow fans in stadiums now, but how do we actually decide like who gets to go? Because there's only going to be a certain amount of tickets. And so say there's been season ticket holders for 20 plus years versus people in college sports that you have to give very large sums of money for donations, even to have the right to buy tickets. Like how do certain programs decide a fair way to give out to give the purchase option just to get these tickets it, and do we have to discriminate against those at risk versus those that like the younger population that wouldn't be at risk or do we say hey if those that are going to act responsibly versus not act responsibly yeah i definitely see that that's also an issue for sure especially with nfl teams that are shrinking from 70,000 season ticket holders to 15,000 10,000 however low it can get and i think it's just depends on like obviously each person, whether or not they're going to opt out of the season, if they feel like they're at risk or if they feel like they should be smart, it comes down to a lot to the population as well, but also keeping those rules and saying like, Hey, this guy's tenure, he's had the season tickets longer. And at the college football level, like base it on priority where you're the people that give the most as well as have had their season tickets, the longest, obviously are going to get priority over the people that just bought tickets last year. So that there's ways to make it fair. It's just, it's, it's tough, but you have, if they want to have fans, they got to start somewhere. Seniority, yeah, I, I, you know, on the season ticket holders is definitely, it, ha- it, it can't be any other way because, you know, at that point when you're, when you're picking based on, you know, certain demographic circumstances, that's almost discriminatory in a way. And I don't think that that will hold up because there's going to be a lot of people that are just not okay with that. So I think that that definitely has to play into, you know, ageism, you know, there are those types of lawsuits out there. And I don't think any team wants any bad press when it comes to any of this stuff, you know, cause it's already such a, such a variable. So. Yeah. Well, overall, let's just wrap it up here. I think it's been uh, a lot of good discussion and a lot of good topics. And honestly, none of us know the answers. We're just kind of throwing it back and forth here. And I think there's a lot of different scenarios that are going to be played at across sports everywhere. But at this point, just, the most important thing to remember is safety and whether it's for the fans, the players, everyone involved, I think safety is going to be the most important factor here. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wear right. your masks. Wear the masks for sure. All right, guys, that's a wrap.